Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Potomac Perspective presented by Stiefel. We're breaking down how the latest developments in Washington impact business and the markets. I'm Neil Shapiro, head of corporate communications, joined as always by Brian Gardner, chief Washington policy strategist at Stiefel. Brian, how are you? Doing well, Neil. Uh, busy week in Washington, and I'm, I'm ready to get at it. All right. Busy it is. And uh, we could start right with President Biden's budget proposal. Hot off the presses, Brian, there's so much to unpack, lots of stuff on taxes. Um, what do you think the markets are paying most attention to? So, you know, let me start out with a couple of things that investors need to know. The first thing they need to know about a president's budget is that it's a proposal. A president cannot just impose the budget with a wave of a hand or a pen. It needs Congress's approval. So the second thing investors need to know about a president's budget is that it's dead on arrival once it gets to Congress. You know, few of any proposals are actually enacted. And if you compare this year's budget to last year's budget, you'll see a lot of similarities. That's because most of the proposals for policy changes that were in last year's budget weren't passed. So let's and, and you know, if we fast forward to next year's budget, you're going to see a repeat of that. So with that said, I think there's a lot of attention to the unrealized capital gains tax proposal. Um, I think it's probably unconstitutional and it's clearly complex to administer um, so that you have you have those issues. But, it, you know, it was floated during the debate over Build Back Better. And while the, the proposal has its supporters on Capitol Hill, a number of Democrats don't support it. And so I, I think the chances for this proposal of being an actor are, are pretty low. You know, Brian, speaking of debt on arrival, you mentioned Build Back Better. Um, do, does the budget proposal um, help us gain any clarity on the president's post Build Back Better agenda? Or by the way, did I just uh, prematurely pronounce BBB legislation dead? Is that even still alive? So nothing in Washington truly dies. So I wouldn't call uh, BBB dead, but it's on life support. Mm. Um Senator Joe Manchin has indicated that he's open to a revised bill that focuses on climate change, prescription drug price regulation, tax hikes, deficit reduction. However, that's probably not enough for progressives who think Manchin's climate proposal would be too narrow and they want to expand the child tax credit. They want more spend, social spending. So I, I don't see a deal between the two. So I, I think it's a long shot to revise and uh, revive and revise Build Back Better. Um, in terms of what it means for the broader agenda, the post BBB agenda, as it were, yeah. um, I, I think this is more about uh, messaging for the 2023, excuse me, the 2022 midterms. Um, so it's a political document. It's not really that much of a policy proposal it is, as it is political messaging. So I, I don't want investors to read too much into this about where the agenda is going with or without Build Back Better. Got it. Well, you mentioned, Brian, at the top that there's a lot going on in Washington. Maybe we move now past the uh, budget talk. Um, and something that is uh, gaining traction appears to be legislation to decriminalize uh, marijuana. We've seen uh, a rally over the last um, week or so in the cannabis stocks. Where do we stand on this, Brian? And, and you know, what, what does legalization actually mean in terms of market and business impact? 
So the House is scheduled to vote on a bill this week, something called the MORE Act, which would decriminalize cannabis at the federal level. Uh, as you noted, cannabis stocks have recently reacted to the reports of the House uh, vote on the view that it somehow signals that cannabis will eventually be de decriminalized at the federal level. So let me make a couple of points on this. First, chances of a bill passing the Senate, and I mean a decriminalization bill passing the Senate uh, in 2022 are quite low. So even if the bill passes the House, really this is a question for 2023 and 2024. So this week, I'm going to watch to see for Republican support. What does it look like? Uh, because it could offer some clues about how the House might deal with it again later on, because assuming that it dies in the Senate, the House will have to revisit it. And it, it's under Republican control. Uh, the House is under Republican control in 2023. And I kind of want to see where, where the support is this week, where it is on the priority list, how much uh, time and effort the Republicans in the House would really would really spend on it in 2023. And, and that being said, I'm still really skeptical that the Senate Republicans were, would be on board with the bill. So it's not clear that there's, a, there's, a, there's an easy path to decriminalization even beyond this year. Second, but, yet, but the stock still rallied just on the House vote. Yes, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a view that the, the, the actual scheduling of a House vote means that down the road, uh, cannabis is going to be decriminalized. Yeah. And that probably is true, um, but the timing of that is very uncertain. Uh, you know, like I said, twenty this year is, is out. I, I just don't see a path forward this year. And this even is next closest year- This ever gotten. This is the, yeah, absolutely. Um, but even, you know, looking beyond then this year into 2023 and 2024, uh, getting there is not that easy. And so, you know, investors who are making these decisions, uh, they're, they're on, on an investment thesis that it's going to be decriminalized at some point. I, I, I don't disagree with the overall thesis. Yes, at some point. But the when is important. And I don't think the win is as, is as close as some folks think. Um, so you have that. The, the, the second is not this bill per se. It's related to decriminalization. It's something called the Safe Banking Act. And that would allow financial services companies to service cannabis and cannabis-related industries in states where the substance is legal, and they wouldn't run afoul of violating federal anti-money laundering laws. So SAFE has more GOP support uh, than decriminalization does, but it still has a level of opposition within Republican circles. But Democrats have been reluctant to pass SAFE unless broader decriminalization legislation also passes. They see decriminalization, excuse me, the supporters of decriminalization see SAFE as leverage for a broader bill. They don't want to give up that leverage. So, you know, SAFE has been included in several unrelated bills in the House. It has passed the House before. Uh, it was included in the uh, last year's National Defense Authorization Act, but it was ultimately dropped in negotiations with the Senate. They're making another run at SAFE. It's currently in the House's version of a China competition bill. But I, I, my best guess is that it's going to be dropped if the Senate passes its own version. They get to negotiations for a compromise bill. I think that the, the SAFE gets dropped again. 
So there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding legislation. I, I realize that there's a, there's a new level of enthusiasm and optimism is probably the better word for decriminalization and safe going forward. But uh, as you, I think you can tell by the tone of my comments, I'm skeptical that there's anything imminent, certainly not in 2022, although safe has a, a slightly better chance than broader decriminalization, but I'm, I'm still skeptical on safe. Even in 2023 and 2024, I, I, I think the, the hurdles are still pretty high to passing decriminalization and, and or safe. Right. So that sounds like it's a it's a next year item at, at the earliest. Um, you know, finally, Brian, uh, President Biden's poll numbers have been falling. There was a lot made of that um, last weekend on the on the talk shows. Republicans are clearly dreaming of a big takeaway in the midterms, which were coming, which were coming up. Any hints yet at what you think the GOP agenda might look like should they win back power in Congress? So last week, House Republicans met in Florida and an outline of their agenda started to emerge. So one, this is just for the House, not for the Senate. I, I don't think the Senate, I don't think Senate Republicans are going to put out a formal agenda. Uh, Mitch McConnell has has indicated as much. I think the their agenda if Republicans flip the Senate is to um, uh, be a check on the Biden administration. Uh, and that's a big if, if right? If they flip. The yes. Senate. Yeah. The, uh, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this a lot over the next couple of months, but the Senate flipping is not as, uh, as likely as the House flipping. I'm very confident the House will flip uh, to the Republicans uh, for a various number of reasons, but the Senate's not a national election. Whereas all 435 House members run at the same time. Only a third of the Senate runs because Senate ter- terms are staggered. And if you look at the map, it's it, it you know Democrats have some challenges, but it's not as daunting yeah. uh, for for them as it is uh, in the House. So in terms of the House agenda, I'm going to limit my comments to economic policy. So you know the, a lot of it, it you know would would deal with social policy, foreign policy. We're going to skip over that for now. So among the issues and among the sec- next week. <laughs> yes, uh, you know, if we can fit it in, you know, if we can talk about social policy and somehow weave that into, you know, our preseason baseball predictions, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I think we I think the, the topic for the next podcast is already coming together. Yeah, let's go Mets. OK, uh, let's go Yankees. Um, so among among the sectors that the GOP would focus on are energy policy and big tech social media, uh, expanding energy, uh, drilling production, redoing the permitting process uh, in the US, big tech looking at how social media censors uh, speech on, its, on their platforms, uh, looking how they uh, may or may not uh, bolster or favor their own products. There's some, there's some legislation in Congress right now looking at that, but that this could spill over into next year as well. Trade and competition with China, it's going to be a high priority. And I think Republicans would consider a regulatory framework for cryptocurrency. So those are, um, that didn't get a lot of attention in Florida, but I, I think that's on the agenda. Um, but I should also note that, you know, Neil, there's a shift going on uh, with Republicans. They're becoming more populist. Economic nationalists are having a bigger say in the party. So this is not necessarily the party of Ronald Reagan or Milton Friedman anymore. Um, 
those ideas still resonate with certain, their ideas still resonate with certain corners of the party. But the party is more going to look at issues that resonate with a base that's becoming more working class. Mm. Um, So that means less alignment with big business, more aligned with small business. You know, it also means less focus on tax cuts. And there's going to be very little talk on entitlement spending reforms. Wow. So uh, the, traditionally, right for years, those are the things that Republicans always campaigned on. Those were the hallmarks. You know, the, um, yeah. for for some listeners who who are unfamiliar with uh, uh, Robert Novak, Novak was a uh, a, a journalist uh, in going back probably to the 70s. Uh, he passed away about 15 years ago. And Bob Novak had the line that kind of summed Republican uh, orthodoxy for generations, which is the Republican Party exists to cut taxes. And if it's not cutting taxes, it doesn't have a reason to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that that philosophy, that view of their party doesn't hold anymore. And it's not to say that the Republicans are going to start looking at tax hikes. They're not. But in terms of prioritizing tax cuts, it's not. I, I, I don't think it gets the same attention that it used to. Super interesting. Very interesting. Well, Brian, I think uh, we're pretty much out of time for this week. Great catching up. As you said, really busy time in Washington. Um, and for everyone out there, please remember to subscribe to Potomac Perspective wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, thanks again. And we will see everyone next time. Thanks, Neil.